Act Three of Cleone, a Tragedy, by Robert Dodsley. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Joshua Seeger in Chicago. Act Three, Scene One, the area before Sifroy's house. Sifroy alone. Sifroy. O oh, dreadful change, my house, my sacred home at sight of which my heart was wont to bound with rapture, I now tremble to approach. Fair mansion, where bright honour long hath dwelt with my renowned progenitors, how, how, at last, hath vile pollution stained thy walls? Yet look not down with scorn, ye shades revered, on your dishonoured son. He will not die, till just revenge hath by the wanton's blood atoned for this disgrace. Yet can it be? Can my Cleone, she whose tender smile fed my fond heart with hourly rapture, she on whose fair faith alone I built all hope of happiness, can she have killed my peace, my honour? Could that angel form which seemed the shrine of purity and truth become the seat of wantonness and perfidy? Ye powers! Should she be wronged, in my own heart how sharp a dagger hath my frenzy plunged! O passion-governed slave, what hast thou done? Hath not thy madness from her house unheard driven out thy bosom friend? Guiltless, perhaps? Hell, hell is in that thought, thou wretch accursed! Such thy rash fury, thy unbridled rage, her guilt or innocence alike to thee must bring distraction. But I'll know the worst. Exit. Scene two. Changes to a room in the house. Glanville and Isabella. Glanville. What dost thou say? Already is Sifroy arrived? Who saw him? When? Isabella. This moment. From my window, by the glimmering of the moon, I saw him pass. Glanville. He comes as I could wish. His hot-brained fury, well did I foresee, would, on the wings of vengeance, swiftly urge his homeward flight. But I am ready-armed, rash fool, for thy destruction. And though long thou hast usurped my rights, thy death at last shall give me ample justice. Isabella. Ah, beware! Nor seek his life at peril of thine own. Glanville. Trust me, my love, though time too precious now permits not to unfold to thee my scheme. I walk in safety, yet have in my grasp secure his hated life. But see, he comes. Retire. Exit Isabella. Enter Sifroy. Glanville, advancing to embrace him. My honoured friend. Sifroy. Glanville, forbear and ere I join my arms with thee in friendship, say, I conjure thee, by that sacred tie, by all thou hold'st most dear on earth, by all thy hopes of heaven and dread of deepest hell, hast thou not wronged my wife? Glanville. Unjust, Sifroy, hath my warm friendship thus regardful been, thus jealous of thy honour, and dost thou yet question mine? Sure the united bonds of friendship and of blood are ties too strong to leave a doubt of my sincerity. And soon too clearly, sir, you will discern who has been false and who your faithful friend. Sifroy. Oh, rack me not! Let dread conviction come. Her strongest horrors cannot rend my heart with half the anguish of this torturing doubt. 
Speak, then, for though the tale should fire my brain to madness, I must hear. Yet, Glanville, stay, let me proceed with caution. My soul's peace depends on this event. Tis said I am rash. Bear witness. Am I so? Where is my wife? Severe I may be, but I will be just. I cannot, will not hear her faith arraigned before I see her. Glanville. See her, sir? Alas, where will you see her? Siffroy. Where? Thou hast not yet conveyed her to her father? On the wings of speed I flew, still hoping to prevent the rash decree of unreflecting rage. Glanville. Heaven give thee patience. O Siffroy, my heart, though thou hast wronged it with unkind suspicion, bleeds for thy injuries, for thy distress. The wife whom thou so tenderly hast loved is fled with Paulet. Siffroy. Fled? How? Whither? When? Glanville. This day they disappeared, and tis believed intend to fly from shame and leave the land. Siffroy. Impossible! She cannot be so changed. Was she not all my heart could wish? Take heed. Once more I charge thee, Glanville, and my soul's eternal welfare rests upon thy truth. Traduce her not, nor drive me to perdition, for by the flames of vengeance, if I find thy accusation true, they shall not scape. Yes, I will trace the adulterer's private haunts, rush like his evil genius on their shame, and stab the traitor in her faithless arms. Almighty power, whose piercing eye explores the depths of falsehood, take not from my arm this due revenge, nor tempt mankind to doubt the justice of thy ways. Why this intrusion? Enter a servant. Servant. My lady's father, sir. Siffroy. Her father here? Glanville. Yes, he was here before. Thy letters brought him, and hence went forth in haste to find out Paulet. Siffroy. Conduct him in. Exit servant. Unhappy man! His grief, his venerable tears will wring my heart. Retire, good Glanville. Interviews like these, of deep-felt mutual woe, all witness shun. Exit Glanville. Enter Beaufort Senior. Beaufort Senior. Rash man! What hast thou done? On what surmise dost thou impeach the honour of my name, sacred through many an age from every stain? Oh, thou hast from thy bosom cast away the sweetest flower that ever nature formed. Siffroy, reproach me not, commiserate a wretch on whom affliction lays her iron hand. That flower which looked so beauteous to the sense ran wild, grew ranker than a common weed. Beaufort Sr. It is not, cannot be. Have I not known, even from her earliest childhood, known her heart, known it the seat of tenderness and truth? Her thoughts were ever pure as virgin snows from heaven descending, and that modest blush displayed on her fair cheek was virtue's guard. She could not fall thus low. My child is wronged. Ask thine own heart. Recall her blameless life. Was she not all a parent's fondest wish? Siffroy, call not to my distracted mind how good, how bright she once appeared. Time was, indeed, when blessed in her chaste love, I fondly thought my soul possessed of all that earth held fair and amiable. 
but memory of past bliss augments the bitter pangs of present woe. Is she not changed, fallen, lost? Beaufort Sr. Patience, my son, compose the tempest of thy grief. Just heaven will doubtless soon reveal the hidden deeds of guilt and shame. If thy unhappy wife thus wanton in the paths of vice hath strayed, I would not rashly curse my darling child. Yet hear me, righteous heaven, may infamy, disease, and beggary embitter all her wretched life. But my undoubting heart, in full conviction of her spotless truth, acquits her of all crime. Sifroy, is it no crime that, listening to a vile seducer's voice, she leaves her husband's house, her dearest friends, flies with her paramour to foreign climes, a willing exile, damned adulteress? What, are these no crimes? Beaufort Sr., suppress thy rage. They are, but is she guilty? Art thou well informed they went together? How doth it appear? Who saw them? Where? Alas! Thy headlong rage was too impatient to permit enquiry. Sifroy, were they not missing both, both at one hour? Say, for thou hast inquired, is Paulet found? Beaufort Sr., he is not, but my son, perhaps, whom zeal to clear a much-loved sister's injured fame, eager impels to strictest inquisition, may bring some tidings. Sifroy, May kind heaven direct his steps where lurks their covert shame from day and from my just revenge. Beaufort Sr. Still, still thy rage, with weak precarious inference, concludes their unproved guilt. Be calm, and answer me. Think'st thou thy wife, if bent on loose designs, would madly join an infant in her flight to impede her steps and aggravate her shame? Sifroy, oh, my confusion! W where, where is my child? Alas, I had forgot the harmless innocent. Bring to my arms the poor deserted babe. He knows no crime, and guiltless of offence shall put his little hands into my breast and ease a father's bosom of its sorrows. Beaufort Sr., unhappy man, that comfort is denied thee. Sifroy, what means my father? Speak! Yet, ah, take heed, my heart already is too deeply pierced to bear another wound. What of my child? Beaufort Sr., that he's the partner of his mother's flight, should calm, not raise the tempest of thy grief, for proves it not by consequence direct some secret injury, not guilt, hath driven my hapless daughter from her husband's roof? Sifroy, what injury? What crime could love like mine commit against her? Was she not more dear, more precious to my heart than the warm flood which feeds its vital motion? Beaufort Sr., even that love, if open to the tales of calumny, might wound her virtue with unjust suspicion. Besides, to rashness and credulity shadows are demons, and a weak surmise authentic proof. Who's her accuser? Sifroy, one whose taintless honour and unshaken truth have oft been tried and ever stood approved, he, sir, whose friendship with reluctant grief at length disclosed my shame, was honest Glanville. 
report from vulgar breath I had despised. Beaufort Sr. So may high heaven deal mercy to my child, as I believe him treacherous and base. Enter Beaufort Jr. Beaufort Sr. Here comes my son. What means this look of terror? Beaufort Jr. I fear, my father, some dread mischief. Ha! Is he returned? Now may the powers avert this dire suspicion that strikes through my heart. Tell, I conjure thee, tell me, where's my sister? Thou hast not murdered her? Siffroy. Good heaven! What means my brother's dreadful words? Murder my wife? Speak, quickly speak! My heart shrinks up with horror. Whence are thy apprehensions? Beaufort Sr. My dear son, keep not thy father on the rack of doubt, but speak thy fears. Beaufort Jr. What fate may have befallen my injured sister, heaven and thou best know, but Paulet, whom thy fierce revenge pursued, this night is murdered. Siffroy. Ha! What sayest thou? Paulet! Is Paulet dead? How knowest thou he is murdered? Beaufort Jr. In the dark path which to the cloister leads, his sword is found, and bloody marks appear that speak the deed too plain. Siffroy. But where's my wife? Was not she with him? Went they not together? Beaufort Jr. Together? No, the villain Glanville's false. My sister is traduced. Siffroy. False! Glanville false! What? Paulet murdered! And my wife traduced! Rack me, ye furies! Tear me joint from joint! Your pangs are nothing! I have done a deed! No tortures can atone! Tremendous power! What tempest wrapped in darkness now prepares to burst on my devoted head! What crime unknown or unrepented points me out! The mark distinguished of peculiar vengeance! Why turns the gracious, all-benignant eye averse from me? O oh, guide my steps to find where lurks this hidden mischief. Beaufort, Jr. Lurks it not in thine own breast? Beaufort, Sr. My son, forbear. Siffroy, art thou, my brother, so unkind? Would I have stabbed thy heart when breaking with convulsive pangs of dreadful doubt? But I deserve unkindness. I was unkind, was cruel to Cleone. Yet lead me to her arms, though wronged, abused. She, like offended heaven, will still forgive. My friend, too, my best friend, is murdered. Oh, what hand accursed hath wrought this web of woe? Support me, mercy. Tis too much, too much. But let distraction come, and from my brain tear out the seed of memory, that I no more may think, no more may be a wretch. Beaufort Sr. Be calm, my son. When heaven's high hand afflicts, submission best becomes us. Nor let man, the child of weakness, murmur. Siffroy. O oh, my father, thee too my rashness hath undone. Thou, thou wilt join with heaven to curse me. But I kiss the rod of chastisement, and in the dust resigned, a prostrate suppliant, beg for mercy. Beaufort Sr. Moderate the grief which thus unmans thee. Rouse thee to the search of these dark deeds, and heaven direct our footsteps, 
Hath not suspicion whispered to thy heart that he, this Glanville, whom thy friendship trusts with confidence entire, may yet be false? Sifroy, till this dread hour suspicion of his truth ne'er touched my breast, now doubt and horror raise distraction in my soul. Beaufort Sr., O gracious power, look on our sorrows with a pitying eye. My feeble heart sinks in me, but do thou bear up against this tide of woe. I trust, if goodness dwell in heaven, my child is safe. Perhaps she seeks the shelter of these arms, and we have missed her in the entangled wood. With speed dispatch immediate messengers through different paths, with strictest search to trace Cleone's steps, or find thy murdered friend. My son, I charge thee, see this well performed. Beaufort, Jr. I will not fail. Exit Beaufort, Jr. Beaufort, Sr. Meanwhile, let us observe each motion, word, and look of this fell fiend. So may we best detect him, and his schemes, though glossed with saint-like show, if much I err not, will soon in all their horrors stand revealed. Exeunt. Scene three. Changes to the wood. Enter Cleone and her child. Cleone. Whence do these terrors seize my sinking heart? Since guilt I know not, wherefore know I fear? And yet these silent shadowy scenes awake strange apprehensions. Guardian powers protect my weakness. Hark! What noise is that? All still, it was but fancy. Yet methought the howl of distant wolves broke on the ear of night, doubling the desert's horror. Child. Oh, I'm frightened. Why do you speak and look so strangely at me? Cleone. I will not fright, my love. Come, let's go on. We've but a little way. Save us, ye powers. Enter Rogozin with a dagger and a mask on. Cleone flies with her child. He follows. Rogozin. Stop, for thou fliest in vain. Cleone, within the scenes. Help! Mercy! Save! Kill not my infant! Murder! Oh, my child! She retreats back to the scene and falls in a swoon. Re-enter Rogozin. Rogozin. She too is dead. I feared that blow was short. But hark, what noise! I must not be detected. No time to bury him now. Be that his care. Exit. Cleone. Waking from her trance. Where have I been? What horrid hand hath stamped this dreadful vision on my brain? O oh, death! Have I not gained thy mansions? Am I still in this bad world? What ails my heart? My head? Was not my child here with me? Sure he was. And some foul demon terrifies my soul with fears of murder. Gracious heaven forbid! Conduct my steps, kind providence, to where my little wanderer strays, that I may know this horror in my mind is but a dream. Exit. Scene four. Changes to an adjoining part of the wood, and discovers the child murdered. Enter Cleone. Cleone. O oh, fearful silence! 
not a sound returns save the wild echoes of my own sad cries to my affrighted ear my child my child where art thou wandered where beyond the reach of thy poor mother's voice yet while above the god of justice dwells i will not deem the bloody vision true heaven hath not left me their truth is known well known and see my love see where upon the bank its wearied limbs lie stretched in sleep in sleep o oh, agony blast not my senses with a sight like this tis blood tis death my child my child is murdered falls down by her child kissing it and weeping then raising herself on her arm after a dead silence and looking by degrees more and more wild she proceeds in a distracted manner hark hark lie still my love for all the world don't stir tis glanville and he'll murder us stay stay i'll cover thee with boughs don't fear i'll call the little lambs and they shall bring their softest fleece to shelter thee from cold there there lie close he shall not see no no i'll tell him tis an angel i have hid she rises up where is he soft he's gone he's gone my love and shall not murder thee poor innocent tis fast asleep well thought i'll steal away now while he slumbers pick wild berries for him and bring a little water in my hand then when he wakes we'll seat us on the bank and sing all night end of act three recording by joshua seeger in chicago